girl in my church, and now she's serving the Lord here in this church, and uh, it's a great, just a great encouragement to a preacher to be able to see these people going on for Jesus Christ. Love it, love it. I, I, we've sung several songs tonight about heaven, and um, I love to sing about heaven. Hope you do too. We, uh, as a hospice chaplain, I uh, have worked about ten years, sometimes as a volunteer, and about uh, eight years as in a paid position as a hospice chaplain, and uh, sing in almost every visit. People say, do you sing in every visit? I said, that's saying whether they want me to or not. I mean, you know, here it comes. Sing with me. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful, heaven is a glorious, heaven is a wonderful place. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold the city. Until the day God calls me home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. Amen. I tell you what, y'all do a great job singing. You know, we need to get a bus and go on the road together. If we could get it cranked in most independent Baptist churches, we couldn't get the bus cranked. But what a blessing. Y'all are a great encouragement. We're looking tonight at the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We started a series last week on the subject, the one another's of the Bible. And uh, what I, I wanted to do in preaching this series is to realize that as a church, in the difficult times that the church is going through now, looking for a pastor and still going on to serve Christ and see people saved. And By the way, Brother Diedrich, there was two adults, men, that came forward today down at uh, at Brinson's church and received Jesus as their Savior at the invitation. Two people saved today. On the 220th anniversary of Crooked Creek Baptist Church in Athens, Georgia, I asked Brother Brinson in prayer this week as I prayed with him, I said, were you the founding pastor or not? And 220 years. But uh, to have two people saved today, what a blessing. What a blessing. And uh, we're looking at this subject of the one another's of scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 it mentions one that I would like to speak about tonight uh, and I believe something that we need to hear in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25 
It says this, Wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, and then there's the phrase, for we are members one of another. When we come to church, we need to realize we're not in a box by ourselves. We belong to the people that are around us, and they belong to us. Amen. We are connected to one another. We're a part of the same family, whether a person is actually a church member, has gone through membership or not, or regularly attending. We are still members one of another. I uh, realize that through the scriptures, there are many, many references to the one another's. There are a hundred of them. Uh, 16 of them have to do with loving one another. And we looked at that subject because I believe that's the overarching one another that uh, drives all of the other ones in the Bible. In 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped out onto the moon. There are still people that don't believe that that actually happened. They think it happened somewhere in Arizona, somewhere. <laughs> My dad worked for the Polaris Missile Program. That's where they took uh, missiles that uh, were... They would go maybe 1,500 miles, sometimes farther than that, had a nuclear warhead on top of it. They would put 16 of them in a sub down in the Charleston area. They've moved that now. They don't have it down there. Palm Flint is where he worked. But we started out in Salt Lake City, Utah. They built the second stage motor for that. He was an inspector uh, and then came to Somerville, South Carolina, where we lived, but worked in, in Goose Creek for uh, the Polaris Missile Program and was the supervisor of the inspection department. Uh, high hazard pay, uh, things were, that could go wrong. Matter of fact, people killed out in Salt Lake that were people that worked with him. Uh, they worked around the clock. And so I, I was very interested in rockets and missiles and pitch yaw and roll and all the things that have to do with, with uh, aerospace engineering. I applied at Georgia Tech, didn't get accepted at Georgia Tech, applied at NC State and at Clemson and was accepted at both of those, Went, ended up going to Clemson and, and changing my uh, major after a couple of semesters to civil engineering and, and uh, graduated as a civil engineer, but I've always maintained an interest in rockets and missiles. I was always fascinated. I loved going to Houston to the command center. I pastored in Houston. We went there several times to command center uh, in Houston. I've been down to Titusville. How many of you have been to Titusville, Florida, to the Cape down there? That, that is a fascinating tour. And uh, this Apollo flight where Neil Armstrong touched down on the moon, they make a big deal out of it when you go down to Florida to Titusville. And uh, Neil Armstrong, when he stepped down on the moon and then began to, uh, to talk later about that when he got back, he said, I realized that over 300,000 people working over a period of 10 years were responsible for me getting out and taking that step. And do you realize that in a church, it takes all of us as members one of another, as we see people come to Christ, as we see people discipled and growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. It's not just individuals. We are members one of another. We belong to each other. By the way, it's not just uh, watching the back of each other's heads. I love our fellowship time here at the church, and uh, it's, it's a blessing. But I like the fellowship that doesn't happen when they tell us to fellowship. It's not just watching the back of somebody's head on, sun, on Sundays and Sunday morning and Sunday night. 
It's, uh, it's not just where we just leave when it's all over. It's the fact that we are members one of another. When you hurt, we hurt. When you rejoice, we rejoice. Whether it's old folks, and now that I'm getting older, the, I'm in that category now. I see some churches that, by the way, you know of some. Some of your kids have joined some churches like this. My kids, I, my kids are. Not, some of them are in in good churches, and some of them are in churches I wouldn't necessarily have picked it out for them. But some of them, the old people are looked down upon, and the young people are exalted, and sometimes reversed. Do you realize that old and young, we're all members one of another? <laughs> Amen. We are. Uh, rich and poor. I mean, some of us as poor as Job's turkey. Some of us, I tell people that some, some, some of us, some of us in uh, independent Baptist churches and serving in small independent Baptist churches, I have told other preachers this before, that we had to give our tithe on Sunday so they'd have us something to give to us on Monday. I'm telling the truth about that, yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rich and poor, I don't We're all members one of another, no matter what our economic status is. I went to a church uh, several years ago, and the people who had education sat on one side of the church, and people with no education sat on the other side of the church, and they despised each other. Bless your heart. You know, bless your heart can be a positive thing or a negative thing. We're members one of another. You and I are to show through Christ's example that you and I have been set in the body of Christ and this church as one another's. God is concerned about the health of the church and I, I love, I tell people, several people that I've met, this is a strong church spiritually. This is a strong church spiritually. It has needs. All of us have needs. We're all standing in the need of prayer, in need of spiritual growth. But the strong church, there are some people here who walk with God. And it doesn't take you long to visit from church to church to church to realize you have something special at Crossroads. Can I tell you that? I mean, just the way you sang a while ago. I, I mean, I pastored churches before that every song sounded like Amazing Grace. I told, told Brother Josh today at lunch, I mean, I, we had walls around the sides of our piano and organ in a church I was pastoring, and we started with 14 people in a church auditorium seat 300. I had Brother Comfort over there to preach for us. And, and there were piano players that knelt down like this. They didn't want anybody to see them while they were playing. And when they started a song, they played about half the song before I figured out what the song really was. <laughs> but they were members, one of another, with me and with others in that church. I don't care what their talents were or lack of talents. The church's health, God is concerned about the depth of this church and he will take care of the breadth of this church. And how many people we reach, we just keep 
walking with Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus. We are members one of another. Several passages of scripture that point this out to us. First found in Romans chapter 12. I'd like for us to go there. Romans chapter 12. Some people have defined this. I don't necessarily identify with that, that crowd. Some of, I don't at all identify with some of the crowd that calls this body life. How the body of the church functions. Members with each other. Whether they're an active member or just an attending member. Romans chapter 12 Verse 3 says this, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Notice every man, the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. I don't care who you are. We have a responsibility to be connected as members one to another to each other. I, I need to be concerned with what's going on with you spiritually. I need to be concerned with your spiritual growth and you need to be concerned with mine. We are members one of another. We belong to each other. God uses us to affect other people and other people influencing us in our Christian growth. I'm glad to be connected to brothers and sisters like you. Glad to be connected to brothers and sisters like you. We're to be united as a team, as a family. You remember the story. Some of you probably have heard it before. I, uh, our Waitress last night, the Braves, we went out to eat. Linda and I went out to eat with them last night. And our waitress, I just I ask every waitress, uh, we're going to pray for our food. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And uh, she said, yes. She said, uh, I'm going to be traveling to Wisconsin. My mother's going through a cancer journey. And I said, we'll pray for you. And we left a gospel track with her and... Uh, she said uh, she was going to Wisconsin. I told her that we had had the opportunity to go to all 50 states. Um, those of you that have gotten to know me very well realize I'm in the 51st state. I'm in the state of confusion most of the time now. But we set a goal in 1995 visiting some missionaries in Hawaii that uh, on a shoestring budget, staying with preachers and doing whatever we could, doing vacation Bible schools, uh, in farmland Indiana or Cheyenne, Wyoming during the Frontier Rodeo days or Portland, Oregon, we'd do Bible schools. Then we would rent a car and, and drive around and try to sometimes just touch into the corner of a state and, uh, or visit someplace that we wanted to visit in that state. And as we visit around to different places, uh, one of the places in Wisconsin, I wanted to go by and see at least on the outside, what Lambeau Field looked like. How many of you, any of you been to Lambeau Field or been to the parking lot at least? All right, yeah. Uh, I visited with a lady the other day, and she said, I want to go to all the Major League Baseball stadiums. That's not my goal. I've been to several of them, but uh, with preachers. 
uh, Philly and different places, but I, Lambeau Field, I just wanted to see what, the, what it looked like on the outside. It's a very small stadium, by the way. Vince Lombardi was the coach of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, years ago, they, they lost terribly in a football game. And as they got off the plane, they were all getting ready to go to the locker room and go back home. And he said, guys, hit the field. In the night, we're going to practice tonight. And he gathered the whole team, the Green Bay Packers, together. And he held up a football and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. They had played so poorly. This is a football. And what he was saying is, we need to get back to the basics. And in our churches, we need to get back to the basics again. The things that really matter. This book. And prayer. And loving one another. And being members of one another. And being concerned about other people's spiritual growth. And letting them be concerned about mine. And when, they, when we speak the truth and love to one another. They have the right to be able to speak the truth to me. If they see something that needs to be dealt with. You and I belong to each other. We are members. Everyone members one of another. Look at chapter 12 of Romans in verse 10. 12:10. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. That's not the agape love, that's the phileo love. Brotherly love in honor preferring one another. In Philippians chapter 2, a message I preached the first day I was here on having the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2 says that we're not to look out just for our own interest, but the other interest of others. He said in chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, where he showed his humility as he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But it says we're to look out not just for me, but the interest, the interest in the things of others. Chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. One of the things that concerns me as a pastor in recent years, and maybe you've seen this too, in certain places, you can tell somebody we had a 12-year-old boy saved this morning. And nobody says a thing. Have you seen that, the comfort? It, I mean, years ago, if you just said a 12-year-old boy got saved, hey, man, Amen. we're excited about that. Somebody trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Amen. And we rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Amen. But people live now in their own little box. Oh, that's fine if it happened to you. If it happens to you and you got saved, we're going to rejoice with you. And then, if there's a tragedy in your family, I sat with a family several years ago as a pastor, arms around mom and daddy and watched their house burn to the ground. We rejoice with those who rejoice. Why? We are members of one of another. 
We belong to each other. What goes on with you is important with me, and what goes on with me ought to be important to you because we belong to each other. We're connected. We're a part of the same family. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Beginning in verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, also, so also in Christ. Verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. He's talking now, comparing our physical body to the body of the church. He says, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? I mean, if, if, if the foot could talk, well, my foot talks. Now I'm built upside down. You know, I, when you get older, your nose runs and your feet smell, and uh, I'm built upside down. But if the foot could talk, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I mean, I can't do what the hand can do. There are some people in this church that are very talented in areas. I, playing that piano over there, we've got so many folks here playing the piano. It is a blessing. I can tell you it's a blessing. I look up, see who's on the piano now. In a lot of churches, I look up and see there's nobody on the piano. Very talented folks. Don't ask me to play the piano. I don't know one note of music. I told Josh today, go on, brother. Keep leading singing like you're leading singing. I've led singing for years. Don't know one note of music from another one. All I do, I don't, I don't know them. one note. Can't, when I change keys, I have to reach in my pocket to get my keys out. I don't know a thing about it. I said this, I don't sing by notes. I sing by letter. I just open up and let her fly. That's all I do. I don't know one note from another one. And I thank God for those that do. I, had, I was telling Josh that down in Irmo, we had people that were getting PhDs in piano performance and getting PhDs in choral conducting. And one lady, I had a husband and wife. They were both getting doctorates at the same time. I called them a paradox. And I, I looked over... And this lady, she was getting her doctorate in piano performance at the University of South Carolina, and she played the piano in our church. And I mean, it was unbelievable. She made that thing talk. And she was coming to her last couple of days of classes. And I said, I just want you to know that Deanna is getting her doctorate. I said, I've taught her everything that I know. <laughs> I don't know a thing about music. But I'm thankful that each person using the gifts and talents and abilities work together just like the human body does. The foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? The eye and the ear are all needed. Some of you... Uh, Brother Capel talked about having some eye surgery. My uh, sister, she's 21 months younger than me, lives down in Irmo. My sister is having that macular degeneration, having the shots in her eyes, and then she, they go to Boston on a vacation this su summer, and the other eye just blacks out completely. 
she's got people, her family driving her around. She calls her children her Uber drivers. And uh, they drive her around. But you know what? You don't realize how important the eye is until you can't see it anymore. I talked last week about the glitter in my eyes for Linda. Still have it. I told you last Sunday night that at our age, that's probably cataracts. Maybe it's, maybe it's um, bifocals. I'm not sure which what it is, but I still got that glitter. But I, I'm thankful for the body functioning. Somebody is the eye. Somebody else is the ear. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Now, I'll tell you what, it would scare us to death if an eyeball rolled down that, that aisle tonight. Just one big eyeball. Where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set, look at verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body. And here's a key phrase to members of one another. As it hath pleased him. <laughs> God has put people at Crossroads Baptist Church as it has pleased him. So that they could function together. As members one of another. You can look at anybody in this building and say, we need you. We need you. Why? Because it, God has placed just the ones he has wanted as it hath pleased him. If they were all one member, where were the body? Verse 20. But now are they many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And here's another key to them, of the members one of another. Nay, much more these members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. They're necessary. I pastored... Uh, the church that I, uh, where I resigned as pastor to semi-retire, been there nine and a half years and loved it. Great, some great people. But as we, as, as the reality of it was that we had more handicapped parking signs out there than we did any other signs in the parking lot. And we, we were helping people. We had to build special ramps and we, people walking with walkers and, and it, it may be the preacher soon. I don't know. Maybe the preacher soon. But I want to tell you a thing. Those people were necessary. You can't say, well, we, we've got people in our church. And, they, you know, that lady, she walks with a walker. And that one's got a cane. Be careful. She may use that thing on you. And, uh, and, and, and we've got different people with handicaps. Had people with uh, prosthetic legs and all kinds. Of, did you know those feeble ones? They're just as necessary as everybody else. And they ought to be loved and cared for. They have an important part in the body of Christ. And what was so neat about it was many of those people that I'm talking about that were, we would call them the feeble ones were the ones that were coming up after the service. Pastor, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Oh, I needed that. I needed it. They were necessary to the body of Christ. Don't you look at one member and say this member is more important than that member. We all need each other. We're members one of another. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, unto these bestow more abundant honor. 
And the uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh, that there should be no schism or schism in the body. God is not wanting the body to be divided. Satan would love to divide this body. He's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He would love to see a division here. Look at chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians and verse 18. It says, For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Here's the church at Corinth. We're, we're divided. And he says, I don't want you to have any division, schisms uh, in the church at all. Why? Because we're members one of another. Verse 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We belong to each other. The older I get, the more I look like my daddy in, in the mirror. I, it scares me to death. Uh, my sisters say, you look so much like, we called him Papaw. You look like Papaw. Yeah, he had a nose just like this. It was, it was a good size one too like mine. He had ears just like mine. Looked like two cab doors open in an alley out there. He had that big hangy down thing right there on the bottom of it. Some of y'all got them big hangy down things on the bottom of your ear too. But did you know that every part of that body I don't want to do without any of it it's all necessary and I look out over these wonderful folks that God has given to crossroads and every one of you are necessary in the body we are members one of another we have been fearfully and wonderfully made the Bible says God knew what he was doing and putting our physical body together, but he knew what he was doing, putting this body together according to his plan. God knows what he's doing. He's given different gifts. He wants us to be distracted, as I mentioned today, and some of you mentioned how you had found that even in growing in Christ that you had always been distracted he wants, he wants to, the devil wants to send discouragement to us. He wants to send division to us. But all of a sudden we realize that as I look around, I realize that not just during our fellowship time, and I love that. I love uh, the designated fellowship time in each service. But each one of you are a part of this fellowship. Amen. And God has appointed that. And you are necessary. And you are members of me, and I'm members with you, and we belong to each other. Sing with me. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood, joined heirs with Jesus as together this song, I'm a part of the family, the family of God. Amen.
aren't you glad for that tonight? We're glad we're members one of another. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. By the way, I like to sing, now that I'm old, I like to sing in services. I remember asking in a homiletic class one time, when I was about 30 years old, 29, 30 years old, what about preachers singing in the service? I said, Lester Roloff could do it. And they said, well, when you get as old as Lester Roloff, you can do it too. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. gave some apostles, we don't have any more of those, some prophets, preachers, some evangelists, thank the Lord for the evangelist, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints of God so that they can go out and do the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the building up of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man, unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And you think, well, preacher, you talked about growing spiritually this morning. But notice verse 16 of that text. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Because we are members one of another, you are contributing to my spiritual growth and I'm contributing to your spiritual growth. We are members one of another because we need each other to grow spiritually. And I mean, if people just come into church and just sit and they fold their arms and they get up and they leave. And now you don't do that here, but there are some folks that do in some churches. Realizing we are members one of another. We need each other. What do, as members, what do we need to do for one another? We need to pray for one another. James chapter 5 verse 16, we won't... Look at that, but it talks about praying for one another. And this prayer list that you're making out there for lost people, that is so important. I was in West Virginia. The first church that supported us when we went to Houston was in a little town called Granttown, West Virginia, just across the river from Fairmont, West Virginia. And a fellow had gone up there to start a church and as we, he had bought the house that was owned by the superintendent of the coal mine that had closed down. And he, he, you could look up there and you could see the lights from that little town of Grant Town. But I went back in his office with him and he said, Brother, he said, I, I'm new in this church here. This is my first church. But he showed me a list and he said, I've got a list of 100 people that I'm praying for their salvation. And as he prayed for those people, when they trusted Christ, he said, I'm going to add another one. He said, I'm going to keep 100 people always before the Lord for their salvation. We pray for one another because we're members one of another. We care for one another. We meet people's needs. There are people who are, who are here in this church who just look for a need. 
You say, well, preacher, I, I can't afford to do something as a need. It might be just a card, an email, or just an arm on the shoulder saying, I, I'm, I'm praying for you and what you're going through. We, uh, when my wife got sick with cancer, 21-month journey, uh, pastoring a church in Irmo, then, then after she passed away, they brought three meals a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, for over a year to us. It was a blessing. I mean, all I knew how to do was open canned peaches. I could open a container of cottage cheese. I didn't know what to do fix anything. My daughter was there and she, she was cooking some and <laughs> helping us. And people brought meals. And I, I'll just say this about meeting needs. You don't know in a church we're Baptist. The key word is casserole dish. I mean that's a, they, people brought casserole dishes. My 16 year old son he would look at some of them and he'd taste a few of them and there was a certain person, I won't mention any names, but a certain person that would bring this certain dish about every two weeks. It was about the nastiest thing I think I've ever put in my mouth. I said, Matthew, what are you going to tell Miss so-and-so at church when she asked you about that casserole she brought? He said, I'm going to tell her it hit the spot. I said, what spot is that? He said, that round trash can right over there <laughs> outside the refrigerator. <laughs> but can I tell you what was important to me? It wasn't whether it had cat hairs in it or whether it would taste it bad or not. The important thing to me was that lady was wanting to meet a need. She realized that she was an important part of the one another's of the scripture and being members one of another, and she was doing what she could, and thank God for her. She did what she could, like the lady in the New Testament. It might be a meal. It might be bearing one another's burdens. From Galatians chapter 6. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. That restore, as you probably know, is, is a medical term. It talks about like putting a, a broken arm back together and bearing one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I can't tell you the number of times in the 52 years I've been saved of how somebody has come alongside me to help bear a burden. Who boy. We need as members one of another to bear one another's burdens. We need to serve one another. We'll preach on that subject. Or write a note or an email or just a kind word or really mean it when you say, I'm praying for you. Tonight, you can look around this whole building <coughs> And there's not a person that you could say, we don't need you. There's not a person here that we couldn't say, I'm not a member with you of, of the body of Christ to try to 
help you spiritually and you're used of God to help me to grow spiritually. Everybody's necessary. Some, I mean, I've had men and women in the church that basically didn't know how to speak to anybody rightfully. They couldn't look at you in the eye, but they knew how to pray. Or they knew how to cook a meal or write a note or something they could do that God had gifted them. Or they had the gift of hospitality or whatever they did. They were functioning together and God put that body together as it pleased him. Why? Because we're members one of another. Tonight, you're a member one of another. Whether you're a member of this church or not officially a member, we're members one of another. Amen. We're a part of God's family. And I believe it's so important in this church. I, what I'm looking for and I see in this church already, knowing that there's going to be a transition one day of a new pastor, I see people staying. They're staying right here. Why? Because they're members one of another. You're staying here because you still have spiritual influence in the people that are in this church. And you need the people in this church to have spiritual influence in your life. With or without a pastor. We're members one of another. And then to say not only stay, but I believe God's placed me here. I'm needed here. And I need the people at Crossroads in my life as well. And then one day, those are the members here, as Brother Bernie's already giving some reports, one day, some of the actual members of the church will be able to get an opportunity to make the decision as they vote on the new pastor. I've been in churches and been with churches and helped some churches where people left and didn't get a chance to make a decision on the new pastor. It's important that you stay. It's important that you realize you're needed and you need the people at Crossroads. And it's important that we realize looking at each other tonight I'm a member with you in God's body. And you're necessary. And I'm necessary for the spiritual growth of one another. I'm so glad. I'm members one of another. I'm glad to be a part of God's family. Let's bow for prayer. Father, it just thrills me as we look at loving one another, realizing that it's so important that we realize we're members one of another as well. God, I thank you tonight for what you're doing at Crossroads. I pray that tonight you'd continue to do a work, that you would be doing a work. Ephesians 3.20 says that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But thank you how you're working and moving and working through individuals who are members one of another, encouraging, loving, caring for, praying for, and helping others to grow as they themselves grow spiritually. And we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name.